0: okay so here's an example we're, we're 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 listening to these people in one of these schools you know how you're on a zoom call and people don't mute their microphone and there's a whole bunch of shit going on in the fucking background somebody's cooking somebody's cleaning a whole yelling bunch at of, the kids you know, yelling and screaming and at one of the schools we were on the thing i texted and i chatted it could everybody put their microphone on mute five minutes later i chatted it again nothing happened five minutes later i chatted it again and then finally the teacher the facilitator says Could everybody please put your microphones on mute? People have a hard time hearing. Where were you the past 15 minutes when I was saying it? So if you ain't managing the goddamn Zoom call, why should I trust that when my kid gets over, are you going to manage that? A whole bunch of toddlers running around making noise. Come on, yo. Why should I trust you going to manage that? Single dad, why you mad? 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 First of all, welcome back to another episode of Single Dad, Why You Mad? We haven't recorded in a while because there was a whole bunch in the clip. And uh, we shot our load. Uh, we had to take the nap afterward. How was your week?
1: Oh, Yo, my, my week has been nuts, man. My week, is, my week has been a lot. The girls restarted school. Um, my oldest daughter, uh, my 19-year-old Raven, she has been in school for about two or three weeks now in college, all virtual. Uh, as we came out of the Labor Day weekend, my two younger ones started school. And the idea was that they were using, in our local school district, You had one of two options. You could do what was called a hybrid model where you had one week in person, in school, in a classroom. And the second week was the alternating week was online. And then the second option was completely remote. So I opted for the completely remote edition for my daughters um, because I was just like, if you want to know how the world is headed, watch Corporation. And most major corporations are keeping their employees home. I figured I'd do the same with my kids because I didn't want to take the chance. So my middle daughter, Zoe, we log in on Tuesday morning. Everything is fine for her. She can log into all of her online classes. She can attend her classes, connect with her teachers. My youngest daughter, Victoria, who is
0: in... Uh,
1: junior high middle school her shit is completely fucked so no access to classes they have her listed for both types of learning because you know somebody dropped the ball and it wasn't until today being friday that i was able to connect with the vice principal of the entire situation and Get her classes sorted out. Get her access to the online classes so that she can actively attend them. So she's like four days, four days behind schedule. That was bad. We got to sort it sorted out. But I also realized that you know, as an entire country, we're here like flying the plane and changing the oil at the same time. Like we're we're trying to move forward and we're trying to do maintenance. You know, I have friends like in the capital city here in Connecticut where five thirty in the morning on the first day of school they got an email. And phone calls to the teachers going, don't come in. Schools canceled because they were a victim of a ransomware attack. On top of not having their technology in place. So, long story short, you know, it's 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 been shitty and stressful trying to get that up and running. But you know, here we are at almost nine o'clock on Friday night, and it's finally in place. So I can't complain. So uh,
0: well, so you know, um, I had some issues with what school miles is going to go to, right? Right, uh, and uh, we figured it's in person,
1: right? You guys are
0: still doing it in person? No, no. Oh, it's virtual. So um, you could pick complete remote, you could pick complete in person, or you could pick uh, blended. And um, I was opting for blended because you can always go from blended to full remote. So in case you
1: had to pull back, you had the option.
0: Yeah, but you can't go from full remote to blended Or to full in person because, you know, they figure out the slots that they have and then those slots are accounted for. But they can't guarantee you anything, right? And uh, there is a school, like a preschool, right here in the development on the ground floor of the building that's between me and his mom. So I went over there one day. Actually, I didn't go over there. We, Miles and I were coming from the store one day. Um, this woman stopped us on the street and she told us about the place. I knew about the place and I originally tried to go get him in there when he was three, but they didn't take him that young. No, two. So then I went in there the next, the next day, took the paperwork, gave it to them um miles mom uh she you know went over there um she was pleasantly surprised um we filled out the paperwork signed them up you know um it was a little bit of back and forth about out of the three schools we were looking at why each of them and you know the only school we actually agreed upon in ranking a b or c was this one so because we agreed um that this one was number two for both of us you know i said okay so let's just do that one Being that's where we agree. And uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, he can be in person. Tuesdays and Thursdays, he can be remote. We don't have to send him until we're we're comfortable that, you know, it's okay to be in person. And, you know, for the remote days, you do one day a week. I do one day a week. And that splits it right down the middle. Done. So what went wrong? Because something obviously went wrong. Well, what makes you say that? Because we wouldn't
1: be having a conversation if shit was going right.
0: No. No. I mean, no. There's nothing going wrong. Um, you know, I'm just talking about how, you know, we were able, you know, to get to where we need to be, you know, versus where we were before. Which,
1: which is fucking phenomenal. That, that, that's, that's great. Because I, I know that at one point it was the juggle and it was the the argument and the fight over what school. And, and part of it was the, the, the prestige option. So I put my foot down about that. And, 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 as we're talking, I'm looking for dude's name because I keep mispronouncing it. ta That's yeah.
0: what it is. Yeah, I I, I put put my foot down about that one. Right, that just doesn't work till two thirty in the afternoon. That this doesn't work. Right, like you got to
1: pick your fights, right? Like
0: you got you You know, in person or or even you know, just if 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 they found a vaccine tomorrow or in December or January and schools opened back up or whatever, it just doesn't work. You know, plus he's right there. Right, like it's. Like, like it's in between my building and her building. He's right there, right? Something goes wrong. Something comes up. You, she can't get him for whatever reason. He's right there. I don't have to run two blocks this way or, or, or 10 blocks down the block that way or eight blocks over there that way. He's right there. It's, it's a, go down stairs in the elevator, walk a hundred feet over to the next building, get him and come right back.
1: Proximity is important. Right. Yeah, And then
0: I was also happy with the teacher the first day I went. So I went in there and the teacher was there and, you know, just the way she spoke and, and what she had to say just went a long way for me. Okay. So here's an example. We're, 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 we're listening to these people in one of these schools. You know how you're on a Zoom call and people don't mute their microphone. There's a whole bunch of shit going on in the fucking background. Somebody's cooking Somebody's cleaning, whole yelling bunch at of the cats. kids, yeah. They're yelling and screaming. And at one of the schools where we on thing, I texted and I chatted it. Could everybody put their microphone on mute? Five minutes later, I chatted it again. Nothing happened. Five minutes later, I chatted it again. And then finally, the teacher, the facilitator says... Could everybody please put your microphones on mute? People have a hard time hearing Where were you the past 15 minutes when I was saying it? So if you ain't managing the goddamn Zoom call, why should I trust that when my kid gets those people, you're going to manage that? All the bunch of the toddlers running around making noise. Come on, yo. Why should I trust you're going to manage that? No, no thank you. No thank you. And you're right. I'm not telling you everything. I'm keeping you know a lot of it out of it because we've moved on from that um, that conversation. So I'm not telling you everything, right? No. This was an interesting week. Things happened that I thought you know, were relative that uh, we should talk about. Uh, the first, Dr. Dre announcing or his wife filing for divorce and uh, her looking for nearly $2 million a month. Alamo, right. And you shot me that that feed. Um, what's your initial feeling? Yeah,
1: two million dollars a month is a lot,
0: right? Like,
1: and, and, and you know, I, I I also have to keep in mind that wealth is relative, right? Like, for everyday dudes like me and you, two million dollars is a lot, especially. You like, fucking right. Was what? that? I said you are fucking right. Right, like so. I put I put it in perspective for people, like you know, especially like in the line of business business I'm in in my day job, right? I talk about the idea between perceived wealth like what people think is real money and then when you really start seeing real money and like perceived wealth like i've seen bad shit happen to people over two hundred dollars in a bag of weed right and then you get people who got a couple bucks in their pocket like oh i got money i got money and then you start talking about like dr dre money right like the kind of money he's accumulated over over his the the span of his career so he hasn't crossed the billy yet but that's still a lot of money and then you you think about what they're used to spending what his wife is used to, you know, is used to spending and the lifestyle she's used to. And you go, well, you know, it, it, it's their lifestyle, right? So that, that's, the, that's the initial thought. The secondary thought is, what the fuck did you contribute to warrant $2 million a month? 24 years of marriage. See? <laughs> <laughs> are, are, are we putting Clark on the spot regarding his feelings on marriage again? Is, is this what we're doing? Because, like, like, yo... As a wife, you are a support system. As a wife, you may even be a contributor
0: to the brand and the business. Well, so let's go back 24 years, all right? Um, because that's a good point. So 24 years ago was uh, 1996. Where was Dr. Dre and what was he doing in 1996? He was already out there. He was already established. So he was already, Dr. Dre, um, the chronic album had already dropped?
1: Yes, I want to say that was... Because I was in high school when The Chronic dropped, and I graduated high school in 94. So The Chronic had already dropped. He was already producing Snoop, which was the impetus and, and like basically the foundation of, of his empire.
0: So it looks like The Chronic dropped... In uh, 1992.
1: Exactly. So he had the basis. He was already famous and already rich at this point. He had NWA money, which, you know, depending on the deals they had, may not have been as as big as Dr. Dre chronic producing Snoop money. And then you fast forward into um, Eminem's first album. What was it? The Marshall Mathers LP. Was mm-hmm. that the first one? Mm-hmm. What, year, what year was that? The Marshall Mathers album? Yeah, Marshall Mathers LP was what year? That was... <laughs> Huh, two thousand? No, it couldn't have been two
0: thousand because I
1: because his what was Eminem's first album? I thought it was the Marshall Mathers. Third,
0: two thousand, the Marshall Mathers LP, and that was his third studio album.
1: Oh, that was his third album, but his first album produced by Dr. Dre that had to be what, like also like ninety six, maybe because I remember being in college when his first album dropped. So like all of these things that were definitive, like basically the the, the milestones for Dr. Dre's career and and the building blocks and cornerstones for what he accomplished, that was
0: prior to him getting married. Um, He got married in 1996. So you're saying he was already, um, he was already famous. Right. He's already famous, already established. So at one point, Richard Fine was in 2003. That was the, the 50 album. Yeah. Right. So that, that was the next step. So
1: she was around for, for him picking up fifth. Well, basically for Eminem producing fifty, But that's all under Dr. Dre's umbrella. And then Game coming out under that, all under Dr. Dre's umbrella. But still, the bones of that structure was created before she came along.
0: But he didn't sell beats to Apple until she was in the mix. Mm. And that was the $3 billion deal. Deal,
1: right? But then my argument to that, too, is that was the real moneymaker. Right. She 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 was his wife when that took place. But then it also, once again, the dissection that needs to be done. What did you contribute to him closing that deal? Right? And then the, the, that ties into the argument that I, I I make a lot on this show, right? Are you being a CEO's wife? Are you providing that peace and support that he needs to be able to go out and do and get those deals done? And then the other, the other side of the equation is, how old are your kids during that scenario? Because at that point, you don't have to provide very much peace and support. You just got to stay out of his way. And for that, he could be not married and still accomplish the same stuff. I don't know if he
0: has all those kids with her, but they have seven kids. Jesus Christmas.
1: Yeah. Just pay the lady. <laughs> seven kids, pay the lady. Like he, she wins. Seven kids, she win. That's like future. Like how, how many kids future got? Like,
0: We're going to get to that. <laughs> so, so it sounds to me like you're saying uh you don't think she deserves or she should be getting two million dollars a month. She should get something, but two million dollars. Well,
1: absolutely she should get something.
0: Yo, at, 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 is a million dollars a month? What what I say is this. I think how it's for the cut her, how about just cutting her a check for twenty million dollars and being done with it.
1: I would say this, right? First off, it's dependent on their conversation. Because it's, it's, here's the difficulty with divorce, right? And and, and I, I've said this before. Motherfuckers get in their feelings. So stuff that you should be able to work out as as adults and as you know, two rational human beings, that goes out the window because your emotions get involved and lawyers get involved. And then it becomes somebody got to pay, whether it's financially or emotionally, somebody's got to pay. So th- I, I think that becomes a difficult. Now, only they know what she contributed to his success. So it, it, it unless they can sit there and have that conversation as... Rational, logical adults that go, yo, you know what? I was in some really bad places and you held me down. You deserve every fucking penny, which she possibly could.
0: For all we know, she was the one that told him, you need to go and get into that headphones business with uh, Jimmy Iovine. She, she absolutely could. And that's why I'm saying like, I can't completely discount what she is worth. Right Or what she contributed to his brand. But that said, the brand is Dr. Drake. So your general feeling on uh, alimony is what, though? My general
1: feeling on alimony is you have spouses who contribute to the success of their other half. And at the dissolution of that marriage or that that, that situation, there should be some compensation for that contribution. Also, if you were the, the sole provider for that spouse for... 20 some odd years, so that they've foregone their career, foregone their ability to, to generate income, and there's a dissolution of the marriage. The human thing to do is to try and help them get back on their feet while shit is, is going, is getting sorted out. Now, I also say, once again, there's dissection to be done. So if you've been supporting somebody for 20 some odd years, and then you find out that you know, they've been fucking the pool boy, should you have to pay so that they can get back on their feet because they've chosen to, you know, basically step outside or dissolve your marriage.
0: Chances are, though, he met it and I'm not saying him, Dre specifically, but, you know, she's fucking the pool boy, he's fucking the babysitter.
1: Facts. The, the idea of monogamy and marriage changes when you get in that rare air and that stratosphere. It's like yo, know, what's really gonna fuck up our situation and break us up? Are we gonna let something as simple as sex fuck us up? Do, do we hold on and, and keep the empire going because we're dealing with something that's more important and and, pro- and probably a lot more expensive?
0: So I'm gonna tell a story, right? Um, you know, I was married, right? I got married when I was 25. I was divorced when I was 30. I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have no money. No money, you know, to me, you know, I could have had two or three thousand dollars in the bank at the time, right? Right. Um, 25 years ago. For a thirty-year-old black man to have two or three thousand dollars in the bank and 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 a retirement account at the job he was working at, that was considered you know significant. What you doing? What? Yeah, I was doing well. So, me and my ex-wife had a credit card that we got from her credit union. When we broke up, she took the credit card and the savings account that we had, which had another couple of thousand dollars in it. Right. And, you know, I was like, okay? I'm done. So if that's what it cost me, that's fine. What's the big deal? I still had the car. You know, I still had the apartment. I still had the furniture in the apartment, even though she tried to say, well, the furniture in the apartment, you get to keep it. So you should pay me for it. I said, well, come get it. I don't want it. Well, then if you don't want it, what are you asking me to, to, to buy it from you for? Because you get to keep it. I said, then come get it. But that argument went away quickly. Um, the car, you know, there was no real argument about that because I put up the down payment for it and I paid the note every month. So, you know, you couldn't really argue about that. But the credit card. So she took the credit card. The bills were still coming to the house. She was out having a ball. And then when it got up to a balance that she couldn't afford to pay it back anymore, she made, you know, a lot less than me and she couldn't afford to pay it back anymore, she took me to a small claims court and sued me for it. That's how it gets. It don't make a difference if you got $800 million or 8000 there is
1: a a, genuine, uh, a general sense of entitlement. Keeping somebody in the lifestyle they are accustomed to. You are accustomed to. You've grown used to this lifestyle. Who is to say that you are entitled to continue living that lifestyle once the dissolution of the relationship has taken place?
0: Uh, Johnny Carson's wife did. Um, and that was the biggest one back then when I was growing up. right? So, I just, Oh yeah, that was huge. Tonight's show host, Johnny Carson, settled a divorce dispute with his third wife, Jonah on Friday with the signing of an eighty page agreement that gives her two point two million in payments during the next five years. Carson who has been paying her thirty five hundred dollars a month since April nineteen eighty four. Thirty five hundred dollars a month? If you made thirty five thousand dollars a year back in nineteen eighty you were considered to be doing well. Right. I think a lot of it is just, you know, I'm mad that this is not going the way I wanted it to go or the way I thought it would go. And uh, you know, this is how I'm going to get back at you. And it happens on both sides.
1: Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. What, what, is, what, is, what is her name? Um Amy Amy Schumer. Yeah. yeah. She's going through that shit. Or she went through that shit recently. Where like, yo, she, she married a chef and she loved dude and it didn't pan out. And now he's getting a payday. Mary J. Blanche. Yeah. So it, it, it goes back to what I'm saying. I'm not saying these dudes are entitled to a payday. Me and my ex-wife were standing in divorce court and I saw a dude. Whose ex wife had to give him 40
0: grand as part of the settlement. <laughs> they call it manimony. So, um, not only did my ex wife sue me for that credit card um, bill, right, uh, and got into court and claimed that I ran it up you know, before and now it's on her credit and I was too stupid not to, you know, save on to the credit card receipts that were coming in, um, or the bills that were coming in to show that she had it, she was charging it up. Um, you know, but we settled that, you know, down the middle 50, 50 because I opened my mouth and when the judge asked me, well, how much do you think, you know, of this is yours? And I said, I don't know half. Yeah, That's exactly, exactly what he gave. What he gave. That's exactly what he gave. Well, you see, I keep receipts now. So I learned my lesson, right? But you know, uh, uh I got her back though. Right. Mm. So um, I had the car and the plates uh, were in her name. And then uh, when I took the car uh, or when I kept the car, um, it took a couple of months, but I finally took the plates off um, and gave them back to her um, so that she could turn them in or whatever else it is. But at that time, I probably had put up or racked up probably $2,300 in parking tickets. And, Jesus Christ. And, and, and back then, parking tickets were only $25. So, so you yeah. have to assume that I had 100 of them, right? So, uh,
1: so th- this is pre- the hundred and fifty bucks for double parking, two hundred bucks for whatever. Yeah, exactly.
0: And this was pre—they jump up, you know, by twenty-five dollars every month or whatever else it is. Right? They might have jumped up by five dollars at that time. Right. Uh, so soon, I had at least fifty to hundred up. Right? I just wasn't paying, them. and the car was parked in the garage, so it's not like they could catch me. And I worked out of state, where I worked out of the city, so it's not like if I parked on the street, you know, when I was working, um, the, it, they, they'd run up on it. Yeah, they would yes. run up. It, right? So you 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 were being petty, basically. No, I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't give a fuck. I wasn't thinking about it, right? But then, when I took the plates off, I knew in the back of my mind the tickets was gonna come up, so then it did. Like six years later, she was going to buy a car, and when she tried to buy a car, she tried to get plates, and they wouldn't let her register the car because she had all these outstanding parking tickets. Six
1: years? God, so
0: she came hell? and told me, asking me for the money, and I said "You can go fuck yourself. And, uh, you know, she dragged me back into court, but the, um, uh, the statute of limitations had expired by the time we got there and, uh, the judge threw it out. And I walked out of that bitch laughing my ass off. She said she was going to kill me.
1: Wow. See, but this goes back to what I say about perceived wealth versus real wealth. She was willing to put a bullet in you for
0: $2,500.
1: Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. She was going to get somebody to fuck me up or something. Something was going. On. And I wouldn't put it past her to do it. Listen, you, you, you,
1: you, you know
0: you know what you lived with,
1: right? You yes. know what you lived
0: with. You know, perceived wealth, right? That's a good you know pivot point, right? So another person in the news, you know, is a bit more relevant, you know, to you and I, is uh, this dude that's got, you know, seven babies from seven baby mamas who, you know, was just taken to court, you know, when she was looking for $53,000 a month. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so that, that that's
1: where I, I was. I was like, "Yo, future, right?" Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm gonna let you speak on this first. I'm gonna shut up for five seconds. I'm gonna let you speak on this. first. Oh so, yeah, because the shit
0: hurts me more because I was kicking out twenty two hundred dollars a month. That's right. why. And I, right, I'm, right, right, right. I'm, I'm I'm throwing up baskets. I'm throwing up NBA numbers, and I suck at basketball. I suck. You don't put me in the game if you're looking to score points. You put me in the game if you're looking to to, to start. This I hurt. Right, hurt. You, <laughs> want, you want some bulls going You want somebody to get uh, uh, an elbow in the ribs And boxed out So that somebody else can grab a rebound Then yeah, you put me in I suck at basketball And I was pushing up $2,200 a month So I got no sympathy for this motherfucker
1: For future? Yeah But listen, at some point man, right Like I, This is me I got three kids with one woman, right I ain't Johnny Appleseed my shit And I've been incredibly careful Since, since I've had my divorce You know, God willing not hold one You got to take care of your kid.
0: But what do you think about the amount?
1: $53,000. But that's what she asked for. That's what she asked for. So from from what I understand, she asked for the $53,000. She got a temporary injunction awarding her $3,000 a
0: month. $3,200 a month, yeah. Right.
1: Even at $3,200 a month, that's feasible, right? Because once again, I always say you got to do the dissection. So firstly, he ain't actively parenting his kids. Like, you look at, like, a situation
0: like... 100% of the time.
1: Right. They was at 100% of the time. Then they start talking about, like, you know, the idea of analogous lifestyle. So, if daddy has you with him whenever you're with daddy, and daddy is eating filet mignon, like, you shouldn't have to be eating bologna on a regular basis.
0: I agree. When you come home to mommy, you should not eat bologna if daddy's eating... If daddy's got you eating uh, lobster and shrimp. I agree 100%. Right,
1: right. That said, daddy... It's contributing to baby's lifestyle, not necessarily mom. And I think that's where the like that's where the the disparity comes in. So you have dudes who are making tons of money, living this lavish lifestyle, and you know, unfortunately, in some situations, you have a woman who has a jackpot baby and goes, "Oh, now I can latch onto that lifestyle." Now, in the case of this woman who's who has brought future to paternity court, she was with him supposedly as his girlfriend for two years. So you 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 have a an established relationship, right? Does that established relationship entitle you to upwards of like six hundred grand a year? I don't know. I don't I don't think it
0: does. So you're saying that if the courts have determined that seventeen percent is the right number, and we've done the math on on last season, you know, saying that it probably costs somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, $200,000 total to raise the kid until he's 18. You're saying to get more than that, I guess, is implies that it's contributing to a mother's lifestyle instead of just a child's lifestyle. Because I never thought about it like that.
1: Because yeah. I, I also say this, right? It depends on what you're doing with that money, right? Because the idea that, oh, he, daddy is making, or, or, or mommy, in a lot of cases, but usually, if mommy's making that money, mommy is usually the primary caregiver and primary parent too, right? It's very rare that you have a multi-million dollar mommy and she doesn't have custody of the kid. It's fierce. True, but she she's the exception, not the rule. So you have the, this this multi-million dollar parent, and they have this specific lifestyle. Sure. Now the kid's in private school or the kid needs a bodyguard or the kid needs, you know, a chauffeur or whatever the hell it is to make it analogous to daddy's lifestyle. But just by osmosis, by sheer proximity to the lifestyle that the the part that multimillion dollar parent lives and that child as a result lives, that other parent is going to reap the benefit. And sometimes people get greedy. Cause they see the dollar signs, They go, Well, yo, I'm used to Prada and Fendi and Gucci when I was dating them. Oh, well, you mean I can't have that shit anymore? I'm in total. Or when I was married to them. You mean I can't have that shit anymore? I'm in total. And this like part of the conversation you and I have had and with our guests too is not everybody is a CEO's wife. Jeff and Mackenzie Bezos. When they got divorced, she walked away with what? 38 billion dollars? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was that much, but Dude, she she was entitled to like she was entitled to like sixty something, seventy billion and I think she walked away with thirty eight. Easily like putting her I think like in place to be like, what was it like the fifth richest person in the world, and she's probably worth more now because Amazon stock just keeps rising.
0: Four percent stake in the online shopping giant of uh, Amazon, right, which is worth thirty-eight billion.
1: Right. So, so her stock at the time of their divorce was worth thirty-eight billion. So that was roughly a year ago, and they they divorced relatively amicably. You know, he he crossed. He was at um, I think he was like a just shy of one hundred and fifty. When they got divorced. He crossed the 200 threshold a couple of weeks ago. So she, all all, rising tides carry all boats. She's probably in the 50 some odd range, right? So she became one of the wealthiest women on the planet. One of the wealthiest people period on the planet through a divorce. Now that said, she fucked with this dude from the onset 25 years from the onset of Amazon. She was one of Amazon's... She was also an Amazon employee. She was one of Amazon's first employees. She helped build the corporation. Was she in it as deep as Jeff was? Probably not. But she fucked with him and supported building that. So, 25 years later, they go through a divorce. You can go, nah, I could see that. But if you you in the background, just kind of like being the trophy wife and smiling, I, I, I don't see you being entitled title of
0: that. So, um... I hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got no sympathy for this motherfucker. Future man, you know? Well,
1: yo, he, he he he's out he's out there. Johnny, I call it Johnny Appleseed. Like he's basically just like planting his seed in any fertile soil he can find.
0: I think right? it's dumb. I just I just I, I I think it's dumb. It doesn't have to happen. My no. my pullout game is amazing. You don't have to.
1: Now listen, I, I, I my my oldest daughter once told me, "Daddy, your pullout game is as weak as a toddler playing Jenga," right? Completely disrespectful, but hilarious. But I go to say this, right? You are a fucking franchise. You are a multi-million dollar dude. You're a couple hundred thousand dollar dude. You gotta be smart about what you're doing. You gotta be smart about who you're dating. You gotta be smart about who you're choosing to sleep with. You gotta be smart about spreading your seed.
0: But no, I think he does it intentionally. I think it's intentional. He, I think I think there's some part of him where his manness in, is rooted in having all of these kids from all of these different women. So, I, so I ask you the question,
1: right? How is that different from men throughout history? We, we like, dude, I, what what was the crazy percentage? I think it's like, and, and fact check me because I, I I really have to double check this. But like, what is it? One in sixteen people on the planet have Genghis Khan DNA right like when you think about ultimately like the the human race and how you win as a human Because we play a lot of these games We play the money game And we play the property game But none of this is shit you can take with you How you ultimately win Is by the spread of your DNA The continuing of your life But if they don't know you But, but that that's that's human and that's emotion I'm thinking from a scientific And just biological component right? Playing devil's advocate Because you know I'm all about raising Actively raising your kids And being a part of their life But I'm saying fast forward a hundred years from now our line is not probably will not remember our name can you remember the names of
0: your great-grandparents so now that you asked that i'm going to say yes and let me tell you why because i've recently been on uh ancestry.com <laughs> for my peoples, uh, yeah. and i'm up to great-grandfather right who was a white man so I like who was more than likely a slave owner
1: I, I will tell you that I have heard stories of my father's grandmother who may have been Scottish and I have no idea what her name was my mother's side no clue because statistically your name is forgotten within three generations but your DNA continues
0: yeah, all right so I, so I, I'm, and, not sure and, I'm not sure who knows it but okay
1: right but I, I, I'm saying this. Right? That, that's that's basically how you win. Because like the the, the the fact check and the name and the you know the recognition and the, the geographical origins that gets lost in, in, in the sands of time. But the DNA continues. So if you look at successful men throughout the history of, of, of humanity, they spread their seed. And that goes into one of the major reasons why marriage became a thing. Marriage became a thing because dudes who had access to resources. Resources had access to women and they reproduce And then what happens is you had a bunch of people knocking on the door going, Yo, um, that's my daddy. Some of those resources are mine. So you had to create a line of legitimacy in order to have that transference of wealth. So future, as fucked up as it is from my seat and from your seat is basically doing the shit that men have done throughout history. Um, uh, I, I, I can't stand uh, and And I think that every... I'm, I'm not cosigning it, son. I'm not cosigning it, but I'm looking at it from the biological imperative. You know, we talk about the biological imperative. His biology is going, I am as faithful as my option. And I went from being a young kid without shit to a dude who now has options. I'm going to exercise those options. Personally, you know, I'm bagging it up or I'm getting a vasectomy and or whatever cuz I'm not trying to spread my shit all over the place. I actively want to parent my children. But I look at the biological imperative and I look at, you know, the entire 600,000 years of
0: human existence and uh, he he he's just following the script. Um, you know, um we can always revisit this, but <laughs> But anyway, anyway, we've been on for a little bit. So, so call to action. Um, it's been a while, but ladies, gentlemen, and consenting adults,
1: thank you for joining us for another episode of the Single Dad Why You Bad Podcast. David is cheesing over here because it's been a while since he heard that. Yo, yeah, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for spreading the love. You know, Our following is growing. We are out here on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitter. We are on everywhere that you can follow a podcast and follow somebody with a social media presence. David, anything you want to add? Single dad,
0: why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why are you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad? Single dad, why you mad?
1: Single dad, why you mad?